I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and joining me for episode 15 is Greg Sestero, the man who wrote the book The Disaster Artist, all about his life and times on set of The Room. But it's not just that, he is the star of The Room who plays the character Mark. Oh hi Mark. Now hopefully, that is a terrible impression, sorry about that. If you have not heard of The Room, I would be surprised because if you listen to my other podcast, Skip to the End, it pretty much gets a mention on every single episode in one way or another. When I first watched it and Ben introduced it to us as a rewatch, I didn't get it. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't understand why people were saying this is such a classic. I watched it again under, I think I had a few beers with some friends and I got it. It clicked and suddenly it's now one of my most loved films. It really is an absolute cult classic and you will never ever experience another film like this in the cinema so when you see this advertised in your local cinema get down there and try and experience it because the fans that go and watch this film set out these cinemas still after 14-15 years the fan interaction with this movie is insane there's drinking games there's people throwing spoons at the screen I have never in my life seen anything like it in a cinema and it still happens now and I'm going to be going again in September to see it at the Prince Charles in London and it's just getting more and more popular every year. Also you may have heard and seen the trailer for The Disaster Artist. James Franco has actually adapted this book to screen and I'm very very excited because the cast is crazy. He's got the likes of Alison Brie on board, he's got Tommy himself, yes Tommy Wise is going to be in there. We've got Zac Efron, Brian Cranston, Seth Rogen, Dave Franco, um, Adam Scott, Sharon Stone. We have got this huge, huge cast for this huge film and I do genuinely believe that everyone will be talking about this film at the end of the year. It's already had people saying it could be up for Oscars as lead acting performance from James, best screenplay. This is just mind-blowing considering this is quite a small film that I felt that Skip the End helped bring to more people's attention and now we're looking at the whole world discovering the room and falling in love with Tommy and all these characters. I have actually interviewed before with Greg and I've also interviewed with Tommy um, and that's one of the skips the end specials so if you want to go back and listen to that please do but when I launched Mark and Me I always wanted him to come back on I really wanted some time dedicated to this I wanted to find out more about the disaster artist but not only that we've got a brand new film coming out in a few months called Best Friends where him and Tommy will be sharing the screen again And I'm sure we'll be getting the chemistry and the sort of performances we got again from the room. And people will be falling in love again and discovering Tommy for the first time. I'm really excited. I think the future's looking really good. So what I want to do now is share with you my interview with the one and only Greg Sestero. So Greg, it's been a while since I've spoken to you. Uh, How's things going with you at the moment? Um, Everything is great. It's crazy, um, getting crazier. 
as always, with being part of this phenomenon, it just finds new ways to surprise you. As we are sitting here now talking, uh, the trailer's just gone live. We'll obviously talk more about the film shortly, but The Disaster Artist has been trending all day on Twitter, and it's the number one downloaded and it's the most streamed video on youtube today so that must be pretty mind-blowing it is i thought um nine years ago or so when there was an article written in entertainment weekly i thought that was the peak of the room at that point and i was stunned and so to sit here now you know nine years later and be at this position i it just goes to show you never know what what's in store for you yeah, I mean that's that's the best thing. It's, some people would pro- probably expect it within one or two years of the film being released, not thirteen, fourteen years down the line when now the whole world is discovering Tommy Wiseau and yourself and the room. It's it's crazy. It's it's no other film would ever do that. You wouldn't suddenly start talking about Blade Runner in ninety four and not have mentioned it in nineteen eighties two or three. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's really something that has never happened in this way. Uh, you know, I had spoken to Tommy and. I, I just can't believe that you know if you go on Amazon, the the room DVD is like up up there in the top twenty with Rogue One and Skull Island and you know all these Wonder Woman pre order Blu Ray. It's all these huge studios, and and then there you have Wiseo Films, you know, a movie that had no chance to go anywhere, and uh, it's just it's it's one of the most incomprehensible you know film success stories I think. I think there is that I've seen, um, especially with a film that, you know, starting out with no stars, no experience, just really these two friends bumbling along trying to make a film. It's uh, it's mind blowing in a lot of ways. So let's take it back to the very start, because I've spoken to pretty much the whole cast of The Room. I've spoken to you before. I've spoken to Tommy. But you've never told me about your first ever meeting with him and how it came about. So do you want to give me a little insight to that? Yeah, I met uh, Tommy in an acting class um, almost 19 years ago to the day, actually. I, uh, you know, I was living in the Bay Area and, and trying to get a few roles, uh, get some tapes so I could move to L.A. And uh, it wasn't really going anywhere. I got a few commercials and got close to getting a, a role in a film that fell through. And, and so I, I thought to myself, why continue taking these classes? This is a pipe dream. It's highly unrealistic that if you can't even get a small part in san francisco why would you even want to move to la and so i was pretty close to giving up and the class was on that monday night and i figured why not why not go and just you know one of the things i look forward to in in that acting class was watching tommy perform because he was just so unhinged and he would argue with the teacher and his acting was was very different but it was back then to me at least it was entertaining and and he was going to be performing a streetcar named desire and i thought hey you know this will at least cheer me up if I go to class. And so I went to class, and that night I ended up asking him to be my scene partner. And that just kind of changed everything from, from there on out. Probably the most important question you've ever asked in your life, considering what's come from that. Yeah, I just it was a gut instinct. It was, it was, I was at a really low point. There was something about him that made me laugh, and I figured, hey, I'd find out more about who he was. And, and it just went from there, and... Um, you know, we started out with a rehearsal, and we ended up playing soccer in Golden Gate Park. And you know, these two people, kind of at very different points in their life, we, you know, we ended up connecting on the point of being wanting to be actors and 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 not 
being in a place that we were happy with. And it just kind of, you know, it just kind of went from there. So how much further down the line was it that you heard about this film he wanted to make, direct, star in, write everything, The Room? This must have been something not straight away. Was it a few years later? Yeah, it was definitely later. I think I think I, I wanted to um, break in traditionally. I, I was thinking, you know, get a, get some tape, get an agent, audition for, for respectable projects and get in that way. And, and obviously he wanted to as well. I mean, back then... You know, you're talking about submissions through fax. I mean, it was it was kind of kind of old school, and so you needed an agent. You know, it's not like how it is today, where you can upload videos and make your own films. So it was very much harder to break in. And so I, we, when we were friends, you know, early on in our friendship, a few weeks in, he told me he had a place in L.A. that I could move to if I wanted to, and uh, so that's how that started. Um, and initially like the first three months went well i got a role in a horror film and you know it was it was a decent start and so i think tommy saw that as something that was inspiring in a way and so he decided he was going to try to do the same thing and get headshots and send them out and it you know it things you know slowly dried up for me and they didn't really start up for him um and so a few years went by and um that's when he decided that to forget trying to do it the traditional way that he was going to do it his own way. And that was about four years into knowing each other. Um, you know, I was close to moving on and he was at a breaking point and figured, you know what, I think it's time that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way and make my own project. So when I spoke to the other cast members, they told me about the first day they came on set and they, you know, they came to an open audition for certain parts of this film and, it was a very unique experience. He was getting people to scream or suddenly cry or suddenly pretend they won the lottery. Lots of different kind of reactions on the spot. And it was like no other audition. Had, did you have to audition for the part of Mark or were you just wanting to be involved in the film any any part you could get? Or how was it that you kind of got that part of pretty much the main role? Um, It was really something that Tommy had written he wrote the script when we were roommates. And so I think from the get-go, he always saw me as, as Mark, and that was what was intended. And initially, I wasn't going to be in the film. I was only going to help him make it behind the scenes. So, you know, he pretty much left that up to me, that if I wanted the part, it was mine. And then the night before filming came along, and someone else was already cast as Mark, and he was he told me flat out that if I if I miss this chance, if I let this opportunity go, that it would be the biggest mistake I would make and I'd never be able to recover from it. And so he kept pushing his offer and I figured, you know, I'm going to be on set every day anyway. You know, he, he really wasn't pleased with this other guy that was playing Mark. And he just kind of, you know, pushed me into doing it. I was 24 and I had a, a retail job and that was pretty much it. So I figured... You know why not? Why not do it? People probably won't see it anyway, and and just go from there. So, a lot of the other members I've spoken to have said they kind of didn't ever see it being finished. They thought they'd go along. They did the audition. There was parts that they felt just weren't working. People were getting fired. Did you actually see the light at the end of the tunnel? Did you believe that Tommy would get this project finished, or did you have concerns? Um. Along the way, I mean, making a movie is, especially on your own, if you're producing it, it's really hard um, because a film changes through the course of making it. You know, you have the vision in your head, you write the script, 
and then you start to see it come alive in front of you and you start watching dailies and some of the things you just see don't work. And so you have to reevaluate it on the spot. You have to be able to adapt quickly. And I think with this being Tommy's first film, I'm not sure exactly what his strategy was or how he was going, but I knew it was a struggle um, just in that sense. But the movie Tommy wanted to make, I think, was a little bit, I guess you could say, ahead of its time. <laughs> it took a while for some of the people to catch up to wanting to help him get there. And, you know, so things went awry pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, pe- you know, we went through crews, several crews. But I, I always, I knew Tommy would, would finish. I knew he's not somebody that would just stop something and move on. So I knew it would get finished. I just, there was a few times when we lost key groups of people that I was, I was definitely concerned. But um, it was, yeah, it was a process getting it made and, I'm definitely surprised that it it all came together. So fast forward, it had all been filmed, it had been edited, it had been pretty much mastered up and ready to show. What was your reaction when you kind of sat down in that theatre for the premiere and sat there and looked up with the rest of the cast and watched it all pan out? Did it did it amaze you? Were you let down? Were you surprised? Or how how was that first initial reaction of seeing yourself on the big screen? You know, I got to see the room months before the premiere. Um, I got to see a rough cut, uh, watched it with my family. Yeah. And, I mean, we all laughed through it. Uh, there's, I didn't realize just how much comedy was in there until you saw it with a group of people that didn't know what to expect. And so it had kind of been our, our home movie that we would watch. And, you know, ironically, my... My dad even thought it was hilarious, and my brother's friends thought it was hilarious. So um, I thought that was for the reason that, you know, we knew Tommy, and therefore we saw the humor. I didn't know what an audience would think without having the backstory. So when I did get to the premiere, and I was in a theater with people that had no idea what was going to happen, and the, the movie came on, I definitely felt a little restless and didn't last too long, uh, only about five minutes before leaving out to the lobby. So, but about a half hour in, you could hear the roars of laughter at the premiere, and I just thought I wasn't surprised. Um, but at the same time, I, I very much was because it's hard to make 300 people howl with laughter for any movie. So clearly, the room had a power that I don't think any of us really got. Obviously, 14 years later, we're sat here now. The film, my closest kind of independent cinema is The Prince Charles. I know you've been there many times. That still sells out, and that isn't one screening. It sells out every night, two showings for probably two weeks. They even have to put on midnight screenings. I don't know any other film that's that popular that's kind of got that cult following. It must be amazing to go to these cinemas and attend and do a little Q&A and stand there and see just how obsessed these fans are throwing spoons and just having like the time of their life going to the prince charles cinema i think it was the first time in 2012 and there was like 13 sold out shows and these fans came in with so much passion and you know they know all the lines and they they, they're non-stop for 99 minutes like they just love this thing and i it's it's hard to fathom I, I, you know, the goal making movies is to, to have, for an audience to love a film. How this one ended up working in that vein is kind of makes you uh, 
rethink everything. So at what point then was it that you felt it was time to try and document all your experiences with the release of the Disaster Artist book? Because this book is something I picked up only a couple of years ago and it was I was on holiday and I wanted to read about the room and it was a book I didn't put down for two days. It was just every page. I just was like, I'll, I'll read one more, then I'll go to bed. And I just sat there till sort of 4 a.m. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. It's You can't read the book without doing Tommy's voice in your head. Um, <laughs> what was it that made you think, I need to tell this story and share these experiences with the world? I think it was as the film started to pick up steam and, and people were discovering it, I would get asked so many questions like, how did you get involved with this? Why did you do it? Who is this guy? Um, and when I go into a few stories, I think people were amazed that this wasn't, you know, a joke or, uh, you know, me showing up and just auditioning for a crazy movie and thinking I, you know, I, I got my big break. It, there was so much more to it. And I thought if I could tell it in a way that was sincere and, and really about a friendship and, and following your dreams that I think people could see an inspiring side to the room and not just something that people go and laugh at and, and think it's just some big joke. Um, and, and that was the goal, really, to write something profound about something that was looked at as, as a bad movie. Were you conscious that... Tommy would probably read it at some point and probably not be your best friend for a while. Well, Tommy was the first person I told when I said I wanted to write a book. Um, we were at a screening in Boston, and it was uh, right after it was like our first tour we had done, and I just I couldn't believe the interest in the room and, and the story. And so, you know, I, I interviewed him right then and there about certain things he'd gone through and what he thought. So, um, yeah, he was pretty much the first person that knew about the book. And my goal was really to tell the truth, but do it in a way that showcased all the great things that this story had to offer, you know, the good and, and, and the bad and the stuff that is not terribly positive for myself or Tommy, but at the end of the day, um, I don't think you can tell a story about struggle and, and following your dreams without including those. And so I think at the end of the day, once Tommy kind of got through everything, I think he, he appreciates, you know, what the book is about. Well, at the end of the day, it's not a fairy tale. I mean, we've got a good fairy tale ending now with the release of the film, but it's, I, I like the fact that you were very honest and you at times had to be very you know, you could kind of bite your back teeth to say some of the stuff out loud for people, but I think that's what's so good about it is, is very honest. Because it's not, I mean, that's the thing that is is interesting um, in a lot of ways about Tommy and I is that it's not a traditional friendship in any way. It's not like one of your, you know, one of your bros or a group of college buddies and, you know, you're, it's, 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 a, it's, there's several facets to the friendship and, um, it's just not something you can understand unless you walk in the person's shoes. Um, and so at the end of the day, I always wanted to, um, to respect the, the parts of, of Tommy's privacy. And, you know, there's a lot of things obviously that I've experienced or know that I don't feel belong in the story or add to the story because a lot of, a lot of that stuff is, is Tommy's, uh, personal life and what he was willing to share with me that I felt added to the story was worth putting in but it wasn't it wasn't a 
something to try to reveal uh, yeah. who, who Tommy is. It was really actually, actually about answering questions and, and posing a lot of questions that I still had. You know, it was kind of, it's, it's still all a mystery, which is, I think, what, was, what is interesting about it. What happened then when you first found out that they wanted to put this as a movie idea? I mean, was that reality for you? Were you sitting there saying, James Franco, Seth Rogen, surely this is someone's taking the piss out of me here. This this is crazy. <laughs> um, you know, when I started my goal with the book, when I started it, I said right away that I wanted this to be a film. And, and I one of the films that... I was inspired very much by his Ed Wood um, in a lot of ways because Ed Wood, um, what I loved about the film was the friendship between Ed Wood and Bela Lugosi. And I thought uh, that's what the film, that's what the heart of the film was. And I, and I saw a lot of similarities with this, it, that the book is not about the making of a bad movie. Um, there's so much more there. And so I, I wanted to see, you know, I wanted it to be a nonfiction novel, something character-driven. And my my goal, my dream with it was that it would become a film. And so I think people involved early on with the book probably saw me as a little delusional, um, <laughs> thinking a movie about a movie, about a book and all that. And I, and I just kind of stuck to what I thought the story um the strong points in the story and, and, you know, my co-author, you know, saw the same thing as well. And so we just stuck to our guns and, um, just tried to, to put the best book out there. And so a few weeks after it was published, it was unreal to find that out that they wanted to make a film. And, and of course I've always been a, a fan of, of James Franco. I followed him since he played James Dean back in 2001, actually right before, we made the room that movie came out and so I was very much aware of, of him and his career and you know when, uh, you couldn't have found somebody better to play Tommy than James it it still doesn't seem real when I say stuff like Brian Cranston it's 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 crazy only today when I saw the trailer does it seem real it kind of feels like I've read about it for so long and I've heard about the film festivals but until I saw the footage today in that famous rooftop scene it was only at that point I thought this is actually happening. The world is about to find out about our little secret of the room. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. It's, it's been this little cult film that when I tell people about, they say, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I tell them, they say, I oh, was at the one with the spoons. And now the, the world is about to discover Tommy Wiseau, the room. It, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it still feels like a dream in a lot of ways. So have you seen the film itself all the way through? I know that the cut that they did in the film festival wasn't the finished cut. Have you sat and seen the whole thing yet? I, I did see it at South by Southwest, and, and it just got an incredible response. I mean, people ate it up. Tommy loved it. That's my biggest worry. That was the one thing I thought. If Tommy doesn't like it, this film isn't coming out. <laughs> no, he loved it. He thought they did a great job with it. He thought James was terrific. And, and I really do... I really do feel that James's performance uh, in the movie is it's really up there with some of the best of this decade. He completely transformed himself into Tommy and found nuances in the performance that I thought were really brilliant. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with the way it turned out. So what's it feel like when, and we can't <laughs> hide from this, 
I've read, and you have, I'm sure, that this could be up for Oscars. Yeah, again, one of the goals... Yeah, you yeah. you never wrote that book saying I hope one day this gets an Oscar. No way. I, I at the end of the day that was the big goal that I had really was to turn this into the opposite of what the room had been perceived as, you know. And, and again, Ed Wood won a few Oscars, and that was that was the goal. But again, it's in this business you're lucky you're lucky even to have anybody read your book, let alone have it get option made into a movie and, and a good movie there's so many steps that need to happen that are out of your control um you just need to have a lot of luck and a lot of great people around you and it's just it it's just kind of i don't know so far it's been it's been an incredible ride so now that film's going to be out there the world as we as they're listening to this podcast will know about the disaster artist there's also the film best friends that's coming out at the end of the year um I've been lucky enough to see a trailer and a bit of footage. This is this is something that again that came out of nowhere. I never knew anything about it until you know the logo came up on your website, and it seems that you and Tommy have reconnected and got that chemistry back on screen. And it's been years, but it just feels like you've never been off screen. It's weird. It's 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 like a visiting an old friend, and it just feeling like you've never been apart. It's strange. But how's it feel with this film? You know, it's it's a, yeah another another strange happening. I mean, for for years, I I didn't think I'd ever work with Tommy again, just because the room was such an overwhelming experience and all the stuff that came with it. Uh, I I felt like you know it would be smart, you know, to stay away from all that and try to do your own thing. But to be honest, I I got to see a you know a, an early test screening of, of the Disaster Artist over a year ago. Um, and I was just so overwhelmed by the film and, and James's performance, and I don't know something about it. When when it was over, I thought that I felt like there was one more chapter in this, and I felt like I'd never really given Tommy a chance. I was I was so young when we did the room, and I I just kind of went along with everything that was happening. And I never really threw myself into anything. It just sort of happened and all this hoopla has come from the room without really me even trying or doing something earnest with Tommy. And so I'd been working on a few television show ideas and, and I and I sat down and I thought of, you know, what if what if Tommy and I did do something again and we have all these experience life experiences and I and I sat down and started thinking about some of the most bizarre things I've experienced with Tommy. And one of them was after we had made the room, um, before it, it was released, we went on a little road trip up the California coast. Um, and we weren't really getting along and we had driven way further than we should have. And it was late and I didn't feel like driving back in the dark, you know, getting lost. And so there was a hotel along the way, kind of a dingy, dingy motel, that had like one room left and I went in and I told Tommy to maybe meet me around the back because the guy might feel a little a little weird to see these two guys coming in, one of them looking like a vampire. And <laughs> and so I got the last room and I met Tommy around the back. It was a small room with two double beds and, and Tommy, was, Tommy was falling asleep. He, he looked at me and he said, you know, I have this very bad feeling from you. I, I feel like you brought me up here to, to try to kill me. Wow. And I, so I fell asleep 
<laughs> with that thought. <laughs> Trust and, and friendship. Uh, yeah, it's great, right? And then we, we were driving back the next day, and he was falling. He had fallen asleep, and his keys were sitting out. And I, at that point, I didn't really know that much about him. It was very, very, very much a mystery. Um, and I thought to myself, what if I did do that? What if I did get rid of him, get the keys, and go back and find out everything about him? And anyway, so I tapped into that story, and. And I sat down, I started writing something, and within four days I had the whole story mapped out. And no joke, I mean, Tommy and I hadn't really talked about doing anything together in a very long time, but he sent me a message uh, telling me, hey, why don't you take a risk and let's make something. And it was, it was, it was almost like he had been reading my mind. Um, he didn't know I was even working on anything. I hadn't even pitched anything. I just kind of was doing this as, you know, a creative challenge. And so I told him what I was working on I told him I had an idea and he um, he jumped on board and I had a, a couple of really good friends uh, one of them is a, uh, a young director uh, filmmaker he saw the room his name is uh, Justin McGregor he saw the room when he was 16 and was obsessed with it now he's the age I was when we made the room and I told him I said I want to make I want to try to make a really captivating film with Tommy as the star and, and tell a story and have him um, really jump into it, do something that he hasn't done since the room and have both of us make a film in, in a very different way. And, um, you know, we just, we really worked hard at it. And Tommy, for all the things that happened with the room, you know, of course he's kept his, his charm as an actor in many ways, <laughs> uh, if you know what I mean. But, you know, it, it really, this time around was a very, uh, it was a great experience working with him again. It's exactly what I had hoped for, that we got to finally make something where it wasn't about the two cameras, it wasn't about all that stuff, it was just he and I trying to tell a story. And it, yeah, it came together in a way that I'm really excited about, and I, and I can't wait um, you know, I can't wait for people to see it. I think it'll it'll surprise a lot of people, and I think Tommy. I think it's the best thing that Tommy's ever done, or at least since the room. I think he, um, I think he really nailed it, and we're going to be showing it at the uh, Prince Charles Cinema for the very first time, um, September fourth through the seventh. And Tommy and I will be there. It's going to be a, an advanced screening, so I figure with, with all the history of the Prince Charles. And all the uh, great screenings, I figured it's a great first place to kind of start. Um, you know, the movie won't be officially released until earlier next year. Um, but this is sort of like the first launch for people to see it and uh, get a feel for it. I know tickets have been selling really fast. Some of the screens have already sold out. I mentioned and I spoke to you only a few months back. I don't think it was for a podcast. I think we just spoke on the phone and you were telling me that it's going to surprise people because Tommy's very serious in it and he's he's given a performance that will shock people. He's not kind of doing the Tommy Wiseau, the Johnny character. He's being a different side that no one's seen before. Yeah, and that was the goal because uh, it's to me it's not interesting when when Tommy there's a part of Tommy that I've I've always found interesting and it's definitely there in the room and I think that's why people respond to it. But um, I haven't seen Tommy uh, really do that since the room. I feel like any role he's done since is much more of kind of people trying to get him to act like Tommy 
rather than Tommy being an actor. And um, he finally is able to deliver something we haven't seen before. And I can say this honestly, I think he's really uh, terrific in the film. Are there any stories? Did you have any bust-ups? Because I can't imagine Tommy was that comfortable with being directed, considering he had full control in the room. How was it with him being in front of the camera for most of it? Well, with the room, you know, we did have a lot of help. Um, you know, we had we had a, a lot of you know crew members that had done a lot of work, so he he did have a pretty good balance there. And I just felt like with this film, because it was. So you know, a lot of it was my vision in the sense of what the story was about. I really wanted to have him focus more on just performing and just getting, playing a part for the first time and just and just being an actor. And um, no one had really given him the chance to star in, a, in an actual feature where he could really get lost in a part. And so I thought that was a great chance. And rather 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 than having it be more of a circus, just just have him be an actor and tell a story. Um, and I think, um, you know, we were all there to, uh, to guide him to do that. And he responded very well. He, um, you know, he obviously Tommy's Tommy. There's some, some things that he has opinions on, but for the most part, he, um, he gave it his all, which is, which is all we could ask for. So what now then? Because let's be honest, and I mentioned it earlier on this uh, episode, that the world is now going to be talking about Tommy. The world is suddenly going to be falling in love with him and finding about everything. You know, the Room Full of Spoons documentary that will hopefully come out at some point. We've got the uh, Room Actors, Where Are They Now? Um, Robin's Project. We've got the Disaster Artist. We've got Best Friends. It's, It's going to be pretty much the busiest time of your life, surely. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I didn't, you've got quite, like quite a lot on <laughs> the room. The room universe. Yeah, I think for me, the, the only the main reason I got into film or trying to be an actor was just you know I I, I love storytelling and I love movies, and um, that's really my goal at the end of the day is to continue to work, um, whether that's making short films or writing, and so. I'm very, very grateful that this whole room experience has given me the chance to do that, you know, and I got to, you know, making this new film was great. It was challenging. And, and that's really, that's what I hope to continue to do is, is making films um, and, and just challenging yourself creatively. I think you're going to be struggling if this does get Oscars and <laughs> the breaks records and suddenly everyone's saying that this is the best film ever. You're going to have quite a challenge to top it. Yeah. Um, no pressure there, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I think I think the new I think Best Friends is going to be. Um, I think that's going to be a good ride. Uh, after that, it's really the challenge of you know. Then what do you do? You know, what kind of films do you make after that? And I think you got to keep your audience happy. Um, you know, there's there's things you can do that challenge you creatively and make you happy, and then can also satisfy your audience, but you just want to be careful of just making stuff for you that your audience won't be terribly interested in. So, um, you know, finding a balance there, I think will be the next challenge. Um, you know, I think, I think best friends is a good chance to, to take your audience and give them what they want, but take them in a little bit of a different direction. And, um, you know, we have an incredible audience that, 
has shown up for years and is very supportive. Um, so just want to make sure to keep them happy and, um, and keep making stuff. And my final question, do you think we will see the room two, knowing that the world will be begging for more within 12 months time? Um, I think, I think best friends is probably the closest thing you'll get to that. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think with the room, it it captured, um, what that is in such a strong way that, that the best thing you can do is, is tackle new avenues and try to give us new material, um, that's equally interesting, but just kind of telling a different story. I think, I think the room two would fall into a little too much self-awareness. I feel like the room two needs to happen accidentally. So, you know, you need to be shooting for something totally different and have it really pop uh, in a different way. So, I do think we're in store for for some great stuff, and I think the disaster artist is is really an incredible film that fans are going to flip for and it's going to yeah it's going to bring us into into uncharted territory so i guess it's kind of exciting and frightening at the same time i've been supporting you guys you know skip to the end and mark and me have been there for the last two and a half years pushing and pushing for people to discover this and it's 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 amazing to see and i just i can't wait now to see the next couple of years pan out for you and it's kind of supporting your favorite team as the underdog and then them winning the NFL Super Bowl it's it's amazing it, it's i can't wait and i i wish you all the best for the next couple of years ahead because you're going to have some amazing adventures and it's only, it has only just started for you it's it's amazing yeah i really no, i really appreciate that you know i mean it's there's so many people that have come and gone in this industry and so many people with big dreams that have, you know, suffered tragedies and to have really kind of died and be able to come back again and do the things you love, you know, you got to, you got to be very grateful for that, you know, and, you know, people like you that support us, that, that see the good and the bad. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen uh, it all. (laughs) It's really, you know, it's a very exciting position to be in. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm very thankful. So there we have it. The interview with myself and Greg Sestero, the writer of The Disaster Artist, star of the movie The Room, soon to be starring in Best Friends, and soon to be everywhere because he wrote the book, which is going to be a maybe Oscar-nominated film for The Disaster Artist. I hope you enjoyed that interview. It's fascinating to see how this book has just blown up into huge, huge status. Everyone is buying it. Everyone I know whose love film has gone and got this, and they've told me how much they've really enjoyed hearing these stories about Tommy. I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm sure you've probably guessed. Tommy will be making an appearance on Mark and Me very shortly, and I've also got some of the room cast as well who will be sharing their thoughts and experiences of being on the room. So it's going to be quite heavy uh, room-focused over the next few episodes, but I'm loving it and I hope you guys are at home. As always, I want to take the time to thank you all for tuning in and listening and leaving me feedback and taking the time to tweet. I love the fact that you've got a surprise episode with Mark Bernard in this week from Fat Man and Batman. The response was great. I will hopefully get some more surprise episodes out there for you all. 
Um, really do appreciate you tuning in. It's so good to see the feedback. Please keep it coming. The best way to reach me is go on markandme.com. On there, there's my Twitter, my Facebook. I've just had a real blast these last few weeks and I'm getting a lot more content and a lot more opportunities coming through. So please stay tuned. Uh, I'll be back in a couple more weeks. It might be a slight delay because I'm off to America, but that can only mean a good thing because there'll be more content and more people to meet. But you know me, there might be a surprise episode in the next few days. Who knows? Stick around and I'll speak to you all again in the very near future. Tonight, tonight, tonight